0: I gotta say, man, are you feeling a little bit like Noster dramas here with a with record title like Evil Divide?
1: It feels like it's come to, to it's, truth. It's crazy right now. It is, I mean, that was the main inspiration behind it. Like, the state of the world right now is just crazy and how, uh, you know, the powers that be seem to want to divide and conquer. But <laughs> music brings people together. That's the one thing, you know, why it's been true to me since I was a kid
0: that's what it's all about but it, it, it almost seems like you're predicting the future with that with That album title man I, I hate that it's come true yeah, me
1: as well as you believe me but I mean you know when, when the world gets ugly for some reason metal and uh, extreme music seems to thrive so it's I have a deep hatred for what's happening but I guess that. It's it's a good inspiration for you know the yeah, music <laughs> Metal
0: is always kind of good at pointing the pointing the shining the light on those things you know, you know? I love getting to talk to the singer. I hope I can get kind of like a little song introduction for you, a couple of new songs on the new album. Yeah, of course. And you can kind of work the song title into the, into the introduction. Yeah, you got it. I have to say, man, just looking at the track listening, I started busting up in my circle. My my homie of friends, one of them is called The Father of Lies.
1: Oh, that rules. <laughs> that rules.
0: <laughs> so seeing that song title, I immediately start thinking to my friends, start busting up. I'm like, look, Death Angel wrote a song about you. Hell yeah. Well, he's one of our main inspirations. <laughs> 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 Give me the, uh, the the meaning behind that tune for you when you were writing it. You
1: know, father lies again. It's just about people in a position of power, of course, abuse their power. But to, in a, in a weird way, it's you know manipulation and how they kind of try to use their charm and whatnot to talk people into their beliefs, which is tends to be uh, us pretty ugly beliefs. And unfortunately, now since the internet has come to into fruition. existence, yeah, yeah, fruition that. Uh, People are very gullible for what they read, and uh, they're very easily swayed, because they see it in writing, they take it as gospel, where it's, you know, the furthest thing from. You know, anyone who spread their rhetoric, and people, you know, latch onto it, like they're some sort of new sage, you know? <laughs> Wasn't
0: the internet is supposed to make us all smarter? Yeah, and-
1: <laughs> yeah, completely. And it's not, you know, unfortunately it's not, and it's taken away a lot of the innocence that I loved about, you know, music and... Thank God for, again, as I say, metal, because metal's one of the few genres that, you know, people still buy the actual product. Yeah. And, you know, it's and, and so I'm very proud of to be a part of, you know, this type of music, for sure. We've got to
0: have that tangible thing. Yeah, of course. Let me ask you about another new one, uh, The Moth.
1: The Moth, again, it's it's kind of like a state of the world today, too. It's just like what people do for their desires, they tend to throw away... Um, morals and whatnot, it's like a moth into a flame like he's flying to the light because he wants it so bad, he takes his own life when he actually flies into a flame you know, and with us that's you know, we're passionate about what we love but you just gotta, you know, not abuse certain things that you love and uh, stay true to yourself is kind of a main thing, you know
0: Cool. I wanted to ask you about one classic one too That It's funny, I was talking to Warbringer earlier And, yeah. and we were talking thrash metal and stuff And he's like, you know, I really like 90s thrash There were a lot of great albums that came out in 1990 But when you think thrash, you always think like 86 or something Yeah, of course But you put out a fantastic record in 1990 with Act 3 Thank you And just wanted to get kind of like the same thing A little intro maybe for Seemingly Endless Time Yeah,
1: yeah, Seemingly Endless Time You know, we always try to do like a a parallel, <laughs> somewhat uh, ambiguous, to what what we're speaking about, so people can attach their own meaning. But for us, um, prior to Act Three, we went through a lot of legal problems, and for us to keep pulling for pushing forward, uh, we were just always in a state of turmoil, and it just seemed like one legal issue after another just kept stacking up. And you know, we tried to stay positive and create, which you know, again, as I said, unfortunately. Negative negativity happening to us, you know, breeds a very productive side. It <laughs> brings out, you know, <laughs> the very productive side. Yeah, yeah. And so, seemingly on this time was us just struggling to get through all this crap, and you know, that just never seemed to end. Never seemed to end. And uh, you know, eventually we got through it. But I tell you, it was couple of decades later.
0: <laughs> awesome man. And one one old thing I kind of wanted to talk about what's a really cool story that about you guys is the first producer for Death Angel, if you will call that, Mr. Yeah. Kirk Hammond, kind of tell that story, if you wouldn't mind.
1: Yeah, he took us under his wing, you know, when we were very, very young, prior to being signed. You know, we would give him uh, tapes of new songs. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd see him at Ruthie's Inn or any of the local clubs, and we'd give him cassette tapes of new stuff we'd written. And it was literally in our rehearsal room. So what we do is we'd get our, you know, tape recorder or boombox. Hit play, and play record. And record, stick it in a cardboard box, and throw a jacket over it, and put it in the middle of the room, and that's how we record these new songs. And I, you know, give them to Kirk when I'd see him at these shows, and then you know, just hoping he'd listen. You know, next time I'd see him at a club, he'd be like, "Hey, I really dug that new song you wrote." So, was, and then eventually he approached us and was like, "You know, I'd really be interested in producing a demo for you guys. How are you gonna say no to that?" Yeah. You know, so it was it was brilliant. We recorded that up in um, Glen Ellen, California, which is up in the wine country. That's recently really affected, but we went up to the studio there and over weekends when we weren't at school we'd go up there and stay at the studio and you know just record on the weekends and we did that for about three weeks three four weeks even it's out great and eventually <laughs> that's the demo that got assigned to enigma that released you know our first three records our first two records rather excuse me yeah because geffen released act
0: three but right
1: Enigma released Ultraviolence Frog Food Park yeah
0: all thanks to Mr. Hammond yeah yeah if you you had to pick one can you pick one or two maybe like Metallica your favorite Metallica songs Trapped
1: Under Ice which we covered on a um, Metallica Tribute Record I love Battery
0: Battery yeah you can't go wrong with that yeah yeah and since we're out here today honoring Knotfest Slipknot, give me give me your take on Slipknot. Do you remember the first time you heard them and that impacted? You know, oh your first
1: yeah, thought? I was like, what in the hell is this? You know, just a, you know, it was kind of like how how would I say I was affected? Kind of like the first time I heard Ministry when they got heavy. Okay. You know what I mean? It was kind of like...
0: When they went to do World Order and yeah, Song 69. Like. I'm like,
1: someone's taking this, you know, old metal thing to a new level that's injecting some adrenaline back into it again. And that's exactly how I felt when I first
0: heard Slipknot. So it opened up your eyes Absolutely. immediately.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, it made me respect what they were doing. And I thought, oh, this is, this is cool. You know, at first I didn't get the whole... Mask thing, but you know I was just a purist at the time, and then then I see you know of course I'm older I got it and it was like I get what they're doing. I saw the reaction they had on you know younger kids and getting them into metal. And one thing I really liked about them too is you know in interviews they would mention you know us Exodus and stuff like that as as influences, which was really really you know an honor and it's kind of you know that they would do that you know because they're turning you know younger kids on bands that you know them to a yeah. certain degree, which is it's pretty wonderful to be a part of that group, you know?
0: Absolutely. You know? And do you, Can you think of a song from them that, that you like? Anyone stick out, <laughs> wait and bleed, any of the...
1: I love the maggots. <laughs> the maggots. Yeah, dude,
0: I love that song. One thing that um, I have really enjoyed from you, aside from Death Angel, and I feel like seeing other sides of you is with the Metal Allegiance.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Doing those performances and hearing, like, I think the first one you did was at the old House of Blues. You've been doing them for a couple of years.
1: Yeah, that was the first one. That, and I was really... That was a, that was a, a bittersweet one for me because it was the first time I was going to do a show with them. But I knew it was kind of like... Some people heard of Death Things, well, not that many. I was playing with some big names. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to show, show them what I got. You know, doing stuff that people don't usually hear me sing.
0: Yeah, like priest and, and stuff?
1: You know? and then But that for that show, I woke up the day before with strep throat so I had to go out and I had to sing with strep throat and it broke my heart you know wow. I still pulled I can't say I pulled it off but I went out there so I'm not going to you know bow out but it was hard and you've done a couple now right mm-hmm. are you doing this year I've done many yeah and I've done tours with them and on the west coast on the east coast I've done shows in Japan and uh, Mexico, and, you know, I've done a lot of shows with them. So you'll be at the
0: House of Blues Anaheim Absolutely,
1: then. absolutely. In and I just uh, recorded a couple tracks for the new the new record. Oh, that's coming, out. that we don't even know about yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did a couple tracks, and I'm doing some more tracking on um, Tuesday, actually. So this ah, update, yeah,
0: yeah. little little breaking exclusive. I love it. You did the track with the Christina, right? On the, yes, on the yes, album.
1: Scars. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I thought it was a really cool blend, like your voice and hers. Like yeah. something you wouldn't... You would never write those two names down on a piece of paper (laughs) side by side, but it worked beautifully.
1: It was great. And she's a wonderful woman. Good friend of mine, too. So it worked out pretty great that we got to do that. Yeah.
0: Cool, man. Mark, I appreciate the time.